When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. Another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source. Of course, the great folks at LakersBall.com and also our wonderful friends at the Hoopheads Podcast Network. It is sincerely appreciated. Well, the Lakers are gearing up. They're getting ready to go ahead and hit training camp next week. They're going to hit the floor running. They're already, as rumors have it, here in my town, Las Vegas, Nevada. They're already doing some training, extracurricular work. LeBron has gathered the troops who are available to go ahead and do so already working out. So Lakers fans, if you're out there, be, be rest assured that they're going to be prepared heading into camp and here today to talk about what's going on when he heard about this, plus a whole myriad of things, including some uh, final results from our polls and some of our things that we talked about going on on his site, LakersBall.com. It is Ox1947 better known as Joe Soro. And Joe, before we get into that, I wanted to go ahead and mention on our previous conversation, uh, there were some comments that were made. I disagreed with them, but you're entitled to your opinion. But I know there was some individuals out there on Twitter. I want to give a special mention to John Mark Carter. I know you were upset by them. Uh, I can say for me, I apologize if you were hurt by them. But again, I disagreed in that stance, but that's, you know, Joe, that's you. I knew you said already when you came on to the show from the first time, even before one, you said, you're going to say some controversial things. You're going to say, you're going to speak your mind and I'm expecting nothing less. So I had a chance to go back and listen to our podcast. And well, first of all, thank you for helping our download numbers. <laughs> no problem. I, I usually don't like to do that. I mean, I, I guess you have to sometimes to see kind of, how you're delivering your your message. But the part I, I didn't like was using the word dumb. It, it, it's counterproductive. And, I, and I, I take full responsibility for that. That doesn't do anyone any, any good. No one. Not in the discussion. Not in the people we're talking about. I guess you can say that someone saying something that's not good is, is 
you know, that's going to be part of this. But this using the word dumb was was dumb on my part. So I, I, I do regret using those words. I, I am hard on LeBron. And a lot of it is from before he was even a Laker. And that I could get into those details, but it, it's, it's well, kind of like a lot of individuals out there who are yeah. not willing to let LeBron's past discretions, i.e., you know, the decision and all that. And well, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Gerald. That never bothered me. It's more in line with, for example, the one, the most recent one that, or most recent ones that he, that he, you know, that he said was, was revolving around, you know, Adam Silver's dealing with a lot of stuff and he's trying to support. And in, in life, you got to give and take. And sometimes LeBron comes off as entitled, like he has to have it his way. He may not be doing that, but he's done it. He's done things like this enough where it's probably that's what it is. But I want to make this clear. LeBron does a lot of great things. It's just like any anyone in your life, your wife, your husband, your kids, your friends. You don't like everything your friends and your and your your family do, right? I mean, that's normal life. There are things that drive you nuts. And and I'm going to end this nicely as nicely as I can and and to really make the message clear. I will not be intimidated by the cancel culture mob, okay? You can sit there and call me whatever you want. Whatever was said about me is dead wrong. I can't sit there and say, I'm going to be opinionated. I'm going to say what I want to say and then criticize someone for doing the same. I may not agree with the method, but that's it. Hey, I haven't missed a game since all this other stuff started. And I never will. And I've actually been criticized by friends of mine who are a little, you know, over the board with that stuff. I'm like, they're not taking away the Lakers. They're not taking away sports from me. And that's how I look at it. So, again, the support is always going to be there. But, if, you know, again, sometimes you're not going to hear what you want to hear. And you can't deviate it to something that's not true. It's not true. And I'll leave it at that. And if anybody wants to contact me, I just got on Twitter literally three days ago. Handle is Joe Soro five. I guess there's four other Joe Soros out there. <laughs> so you can comment, you can talk to me, and you you might like the answer, or you might not. And that's again, that's where I'm at. There's nothing else to say after this, other than there is a little regret on how I delivered the message. I don't think it's productive to 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 say something like calling somebody dumb. It's dumb. That, that was dumb on my part, and I want to get over. I want to get past it and get better at, at, at delivering the message in a more eloquent, more respectful way. That sounds good. Uh, again, uh, I, I could have ultimately been the one to have deleted or edited the episode in such a manner where those statements were out. And maybe in hindsight, I made a mistake in that too. And if I did, it, it, no, I apologize for, for not going ahead. But well, you yeah. might have, you might have, but you, you might have done me a favor if you did that. Because if this stays out there, you know, somebody, I guess, has something on me. But again, I'm not running away from anything. Whatever was said, it doesn't bother me. It really doesn't. I am here to talk Lakers, to talk sports. And sometimes, you know, sometimes I'm not going to agree with things. And, and if, if it's tailored to the, the current living situation that we're in, I'm sorry. that That's, that's my, that, hey, we're in America. It's my opinion. If it bothers you, fine. But 
However, you know, if we end up getting as big as we want to get here, that's something I'm just going to have to get used to. So it is what it is. And I said at the time, after seeing the comments that were made on Twitter, and again, I appreciate the comments on Twitter. And I actually do want to thank that individual for listening to our show. I know I get comments every now and then, how good we're doing, but I also get comments on me, on Laker Tom, on Jamie Sweet. I've got gotten individuals who wanted to kick all of us out at times. So, I mean. I don't know who would want to kick. I don't know why anyone would want to kick you out. You, because, th- of, you know, they don't like my, my opinion on something. There's you know? no show. There's no show without Gerald Glassford. So, I, I, it, it's not. I mean, how many shows is, are you doing? You're doing, I don't know, 10 shows? Uh, no, just I'm I'm doing about <laughs> four to five a week, or maybe actually a little more, but still. And I'm you're diverse, that. talking about the Spurs and the Lakers, talking about Portland. I mean, come on, man. This is what we want. We want we want diversity. You know, if you talk about diversity, this is diversity. We want to hear about everything. We want to know about everything. This is exciting. It's exciting stuff. It, it it's it's only gonna get better. And again, the mob and the the, the this cancel culture. Everybody's starting to get tired of it. You know, you don't hear what you want. You just assume it's what it is. I was wrong in how I delivered the message. Okay. So I'm having a good time here. Um, I'm glad that I'm, I'm, I happened later when I had a bigger audience. I didn't think it would be this quick. I'll be honest. I knew this w- would happen one day, but I had no idea it would be within the first four or five shows. So it's a good, it's a good kind of practice already to get into this. And let's, let's tackle what the next. I'm, I'm so excited right now. I've been hearing some things about Anthony Davis that I can't wait to talk about, and we're about to hit it right now. <laughs> we are here. Um, I'll say you and Johnny Depp both are tired of cancel culture. He just <laughs> you read it too. You read it too. And the other thing is, Marsha, and you're gonna like this. You know, I know you're a Star Wars guy, Marsha Lucas. Lucas. Oh, when I read that article on Variety today, I was just like, Marsha, where have you been? I've been talking about you for 10, 20 years now, okay? And I actually didn't mind the prequels. I actually oh. didn't okay? No, the I know okay? I know they were bad, but I, 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 you know, I think at that time, my, you know, maybe my maturity level was a little different. But, but again, this last trilogy was the backbreaker. I was... You know- well, hold on, Joe. I, you know, I, I hope you too. When it takes that sample, I'm just trying to be positive. I hope, just... I hope it gets this right here. <laughs> Somebody's gonna say, "Why was Gerald holding?" Her? Well, she says, "I knew." I I knew it was bad because she said when she saw episode one, she started crying, and I'm like, "Oh my god, could you imagine being the well, episode?" You know. <laughs> okay, all I can say is with the reason JJ Abrams thing is, I think she's a little bit hard on JJ. The first one was just a copy, cut and paste from, you know, the the original Star Wars. So it's harmless in what it is. The second one, people love it or people hate it. There is no in-between with The Last Jedi. And with The Last Skywalker, that's just horrible. That was just awful uh, movie making. J.J., I don't, he mailed it in and it was just a mess. So people can have issues with that. And then the prequels, uh, all three of them, you can have them. You can have them. Because I certainly don't want them again. I sat through them, and I don't want to be sitting through them again. So they're just that bad. I, I can understand her. I can understand her her issues, and I don't know how much of the four billion from Disney she got, or if any of it, you know, because I know she was not married to George Lucas because she divorced him long time ago. But 
hopefully she has some of that four billion dollars from Disney that George Lucas got. Marsha Lucas. I don't know what their marriage was like, so I'm not gonna pretend I I, I knew what was going on. But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on the Star Wars thing. George Lucas put idea to paper. Yes, he did great. But what I think went behind the scenes, and again, she's an Academy Award winning editor. Okay, and they should have won the Oscar. You know, that the, 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 the things they did in that film were amazing, considering there was no technology for any of it. They created it all while they were making the film under the gun for eight million bucks. Even then, I know it was a lot of money then, but still, geez, I, I don't know how they did it. Right. So this I think Marsha kept him in line. So he probably wanted to go off to a tangent. She's like, what are you doing? Get out of here. Get over here. And I think. <laughs> George, and again, this is assumption. I'm not, I don't know what happened. I'm just using my observation skills here. I think what happened was, I think the fact that she was right and made a trilogy of the ages, I think maybe there was some resentment in there. And then, of course, they ended up splitting. And I'm like, man, I'd be the exact opposite. I'd be like, if my wife saved me from this and helped me create this, I would have loved her even more. But then again, I, I enjoy having independent, like-minded, you know, a wife that, that, that has a career, that has aspirations, that can tell me, hey, Joe, you're acting like an idiot. You know, that, that to me is how I think it should be. And, you know, I've been happily married for 13 years doing that. So, again, it's, I, today's been a good day, I, I got to admit. It's been a very good day. I've been reading some things that I like, the Johnny Depp article I read. And, by the way, guys, Gerald and I didn't talk about this. We didn't prepare for this. We just impromptu this. See, this is why you and I work together. We we got there's something here, man. So well, you know, I do a pop culture <laughs> show that's sure. around the world. Sure. And I didn't see the show. I didn't see the show. I, I, again, it's been a good day, and I, I feel like I think we're breaking through this little headache of ours in society a little bit. I, I also read an article on Yahoo that there there is a little bit more cluster. There's, there's more of a cluster now with what's been going on with COVID. So I, we're probably looking at 2022 being the, the the year where the pandemic name is gone. So now let's talk about the Lakers. Let's talk about 21, 22, and 18. With guys right now, everything I'm hearing is really good, and especially from the AD front. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. My last movie that I saw in the theaters was The Last Skywalker. I know, condolences to me. Wow, man. Right. I, I just had talked about that and I completely forgot that I saw that movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is that, it doesn't speak great things about it, I suppose. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I wanted to go ahead just to close with something I said after reading the comments, and that was this. I just said, I think the easy thing to do would have taken this down, the videos, the the whole podcast, or not put it up in the first place or edit it out entirely. But that would be running away from our differences that we have in our society. 
It's my sincerest hope that we can someday soon understand what our differences are, why there is a division we have, and work together to try and build a better future for us all. And we'll leave it at that. And again, that's a great way to end it. And uh, I'll end it with this. A lot of the, the problems also with the, again, it comes down to control. And a lot of the people that have felt, you know, disenfranchised and unheard now have a platform. And what they're doing is they're attacking those who think differently. And those who think differently who are getting bombarded, I think the reason why they're they're kind of wilting is because they probably have some skeletons in the closet that they don't want coming out. So with that, I don't have any skeletons. So if you're going to try to get me, it's going to be hard. I've been arrested in my life. I don't hang around with any undesirables. I don't do drugs. I hardly drink. I'll have a celebratory cigar once in a while. I live a pretty boring life. I don't do anything that would warrant something going, hey, we know what you did over here. So I always feel like I have, and I have good people around me too, people that can support me in all walks of life. So I feel very comfortable when someone misjudges or misinterprets something because at that point, show me proof that I've ever hinted at anything like this other than a few words, you know? So again, I'm, I'm, it, it is what it is. This is something we have to get used to in this business of ours. And we got a little taste of it now and we adapt and go on. I thought you said you don't hang around undesirables. I'm here. You're hanging around with me. Come on, Gerald. You're like, like the, the the friend I've always had that I've never met. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> you you, you know everything. You know everything about everything. You're a Renaissance man, and and usually that the, the Renaissance men is usually people I, I you know I like to be around. I like to learn things from, and you know again the culture is always a, an important thing. I'm I'm a cultured man myself. You know I'm, I know three languages. I I have family that were immigrants when they came here, became citizen citizens in 1982. I didn't know English the first five years of my life. And then, you know, so, you know, I've lived in big cities and I've been raised in small towns. And, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, I got I got a little culture here and there everywhere I go. And, and, and you know, it's, 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 it's been a good life so far the first four to three years. Well, you say I know a little bit about everything. If only I knew the California lottery numbers, we'd be really golden. <sighs> what, what's it? What's it at now? Uh, 800 million? Yeah. I don't even play. I don't even... I get maybe one number <laughs> anytime I do. I don't even bother to play, but I, 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 you know, my business stuff is is going really well. A, a big, big, big deal came through uh, this week as well. Thank you, and uh, the the audience will soon reap the benefits of that. Uh, and I know you being from LA, you're definitely gonna 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 get a chance to see what's going on there. It, again, it's been a very very good week. And I'm looking forward to continuing to get past this little issue that we had. And we're going we're gonna to create more, uh, more, more content here that's going to be valuable for the viewer. Absolutely, indeed. But I'm here again with Ox1947 for LakersBall.com. I know him as Joe Sorrell. Coming up right now, we're going to be talking about a lot of great things. But before we get into Lakers, I want to ask you this. You heard, as I did, that LeBron James has gathered the troops here in my town right now that I'm in and have been for quite some time, the new transplanted home of Raiders. And it's so funny because I see all these Raiders transplanted Raiders fans around. I saw a guy at the Costco gassing up with his Derek Carr jersey on, and I'm just going, my God, 
this guy was probably spitting at Derek Carr this time last year, but okay, all right, I get it. But, you know, they're here in Vegas right now. They're gearing up. Your thoughts, because training camp hasn't started yet, but this tells me they're good. There's, that's a good sign because with all these new players, to get them working together to start to mesh, to see that happening, that really brings a smile to my face. It's 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 a it looks like it's mimicking the 2020 season a little more. And it's weird how one little comment or one little thing that will happen that will kind of sort of spark things. So I remember last year when we signed Dennis Schroeder, the talk as soon as he signed was he wanted to be a starter. And there was a little bit of like, what? Not only from fans, but, it looked like the team. This is a guy that came off of a runner-up uh, six-man-of-the-year campaign. I'm assuming the Lakers were thinking he was going to be that guy, and then all of a sudden he, pro- he came out of nowhere and said, oh, no, I want to be a starter. Right away you had that, ugh, that little kink in this chemistry. And then as the year went on, then Marcus Gasol, which I had never heard anything bad, from Marcus Gasol, his whole career. All of a sudden, he's mad that he lost his position, and it kind of like just became a microcosm of the season in general. This season, I think, looking at THT, looking at the guys that are coming in, they all seem focused. Taylor, I think, dropped, I think, 15 pounds. He looks leaner, can get up in the air higher, uh, easier. And then, of course, the big... The big guy, uh, Anthony Davis, just got married. Uh, I guess he sings uh, on his off days, too. And apparently they were putting the Hulk next to his picture or things like that, saying this guy's, I guess, pretty shredded and pretty in shape, which makes sense because what did we talk about in the last few episodes? We haven't heard anything out of this camp. This, the, the wedding was like the first thing I'd heard about him during the off season, And... I like that. I like it. Show me. Show me what. Show me during the season. And if AD is healthy and looking like the Hulk, come on. Anybody gonna beat the Lakers? Who's gonna get close? AD's a stud, man. When he well, that's the thing. He needs to play like <laughs> it. last year. Obviously, maybe because he was fatigued, and then the, before the injury set in, really uneven results last year, last season. And but you know what? We're coming up on a new season, and, you know, he's just – looks like he's in a little bit more shape. I've seen the pictures. He looks like he's ready. He looks like he's he's going to be coming in focused. Realize, though, my friend, that the Lakers will be playing their third season, will be entering their third season within a span of a calendar year. Within the span of 12 months, they will be on their third season because you got to remember the bubble season, finish that off, and then they – went through a full season or almost a full season, 72 games plus the playoffs. And then now they're coming into this. I mean, they will have at least some type of rest going into this season, but still, you know, you're worried a little bit about some of these injuries that could happen again, because of the fact that these guys have been going so fast for such a stretch. I mean, some of them even played the Olympics. I mean, I really think that this could still be an issue. The same type of things we saw during last season. It's going to come down to Fred Vogel's rotations at that point and the health of Anthony Davis. LeBron can manage himself. The only reason why he got injured last year is because somebody landed on his leg. 
That wasn't a, you know, a pulled groin or a pulled hamstring that kept him out for two, three months. That was someone literally falling on his ankle and, 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 and almost breaking it. So I don't consider LeBron's situation last year as any effect on what, what's going to happen here. He might be one extra year, I guess, down his prime. Yeah, but that's something we have to get realistic with. However, he's been, I mean, I, some have, come, have argued he's still in his prime. Not 2012 prime, but he's still pretty effective. Again, he was he was going to win the MVP last year had he not gotten fall on by, you know, it was a Solomon. I forgot his last name. Solomon uh, Hill. Solomon Hill. And we're going to have to wait and see. We're going to have to wait and see on that. But, again, I've been waiting and seeing when Tom Brady was going to decline. And I have said that LeBron James has a similar trajectory with whatever they're doing. is It's almost identical in terms of how they take care of themselves and how effective they are every year. Now, Tom Brady isn't winning the Super Bowl every year. Matter of fact, he looked pretty average the last couple of years or two years ago before he left New England, his last year there. But look what happened when you gave him a little talent last year and even more now. LeBron has, I think, the most talented team this year than the previous three years he's been with the team. So if he stays healthy, which I think they will, because again, Russell Westbrook being 32, he's still in his prime. If the rotations work and he can take up a lot of that ball handling energy during the, during the, the, the regular season and letting LeBron play, uh, let, basically I want LeBron to be Tim Duncan of 2014. Tim Duncan did not play more than 28, 29 minutes that year. It was, it was the best year of coaching Arguably, the best year of coaching I've ever seen by Greg Popovich was 2014 and how they they were on a mission and they just plowed through everybody, including LeBron in his prime with two other Hall of Famers on that team. So I'm, I'm thinking if Fred if Frank Vogel can, can get his rotation consistent and tight and then if AD is recovered from his injuries, I, I don't know how the heck they're going to not win. We're looking at something that's going to be very exciting. I, I, I'm if very LeBron excited. and AD play at they like the two top five players in the league. Yeah, there's the the West, and they and they're healthy, of course. Then the West is theirs. The West is theirs, and and Russell Westbrook, the pressure will be off for him to really have to contribute at such a high level. He just has to go ahead and just do his thing. If LeBron and AD are playing like we know that they can play, like the bubble, like in the bubble that we saw just less than a year ago, then I think, like you said, the Lakers really just have a, a lot of good things in store for them. The ifs is for every team, though. Yeah. So we could if it all we want. Well, I mean, it's, it's all based off of health. I mean, one player, one injury on any of these teams, all 30 teams could derail an entire season. Right. But it is different this year because we do have a third star, which is something we needed. We needed, there was no margin of error in 2020 and no margin of error in 2021. The only difference is in 2020, we got away with it. No in, major injuries, no no issues there. 2021, we had all the injuries to the top two, two guys at the worst times, 
We had a seventh seed. We, you know, we didn't have a chance to, to, you know, even if we had gotten maybe a third or fourth seed, we would have been able to avoid a, a team like Phoenix and maybe kind of got acclimated. But then again, for all we know, uh, AD would have got hurt, hurt there too. So it, it comes down, it always comes down to health. But I'm looking at this, I'm looking at this as uh, they did exactly what I hoped they would do. As soon as the season ended, I said, to win the title, the way that the league is set up right now is I'm worried about the Brooklyn Nets. Okay, I'm worried about there's a, there's a team with Kyrie, James Harden, and Durant. And in this league, star power wins titles. So the Lakers had to – could they have beat – I don't know if they could have – I think if they played perfect, they could have beaten a healthy Brooklyn team. But it's going to be a heck of a lot easier with their own third star. And during the season, the, the, the margin of error isn't as, as drastic because if LeBron wants to take a couple of days off and, you know, Russ, Russell Westbrook will cover a little of that. And then you have Rondo who's going to play 15 minutes a game and that'll help. And he's more team oriented. And Russell Westbrook, despite his, his shooting woes, everybody that's played with Russell Westbrook loves Russell Westbrook. And he's very giving and he's very accommodating and he's, He's he's a beast. So I think this is the first team that Russell Westbrook's been on since 2012 when they went to the finals. And then you can probably say 2016 to a degree. I mean, they were one game. They were a couple plays away from beating a a 73 and nine Golden State team. You know, sometimes in sports, man, that one play will make a difference. You know, and I, I, I try not to hold that against too many people. I think Russell Westbrook is in a very good situation here. And I think, it's going to make the difference in the end, not only from at the end of the year health standpoint, but it's going to help during the regular season in maintaining that health so that they don't burn out at the end. Well, I'll tell you what, it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. Very excited to be a part of what we're doing here at the Lakers Fast Break, keeping an eye for you on what's going on for the rest of the season for the Los Angeles Lakers as they are working out right now here in Vegas. Training camp is just around the corner, just a few days away. Wanted to ask you, I know you've been checking out, before we get into all the Lakers ball stuff, and I wanted to go ahead and also at the very end mention something about the latest news that's going on in regards to the Minnesota Timberwolves and Gerson Rosas, which I talked to Megan Price on earlier as we're recording this, but I wanted to go ahead and ask you, you've been watching some stuff in regards to, you mentioned some recent podcasts and shows that the NBA, Sirius XM, Bill Simmons, who just, I'm not exactly the biggest fan of, but you know what? I got to give him props because what Spotify paid him a gazillion dollars for his ringer. So they can go ahead and come by and pay us a gazillion dollars too for Lakers fast break. I'm just saying, but I want to hear your thoughts, my friend. You've been hearing along the stuff. There's some, been some good thoughts that you wanted to go ahead and lay down in regards to some of the things that have been said out there about the Lakers in these type of shows. Okay, so the Minnesota Timberwolves thing is obviously not Laker-related. Uh, yeah, but it was very interesting, and I discussed that with Megan Price when she was doing with me yeah. her, her San Antonio Spurs outlook. At the time, we weren't sure what it was, but we could tell. You could tell because it was so abrupt and it was just before training camp that there was some juicy behind the scenes stuff going on. 
And I just, and I've said on that show, I said, I couldn't wait to go ahead and find out what that juicy stuff was. Well, it was kind of tabloidish. And I, it was almost because uh, when you're looking at Sham Sharania's Twitter, you know, you can almost see like the ooze coming out of it. Like he really didn't want to have to delve into the stuff, but it did get back to it. Okay. Part of it was for, I guess, uh, operational and production reasons. They didn't feel that the the team was at the standpoint where it needed to be heading in a training camp. Uh, I mean, to me, I still think that is not entirely the case of what's going on. But the other thing is, is that he was having a consensual relationship with someone that was working within the organization. I think that was more a part of the reason why, I, I mean, you really don't fire your GM before the season starts. You see how the season plays out a little bit. Like I mentioned earlier, only the Phoenix uh, McDonough was the last one to get fired just before training camp. Although that worked for Phoenix, you see where they've done from there. But, you know, I really think it was more the latter issue than the former, even though, again, it was a consensual relationship with an individual in the uh, office, in the organization. It seems like that it's something that the new hierarchy, that the new partnership that now owns the majority or has as far as the, the, the team is concerned, uh, you know, because they recently purchased it away from Glenn Taylor, that seems like they have an issue with it. And that's what they did. The, the Glenn Taylor thing, it started right around the, the sale. Part of the contingency is you can't move the team. I think A-Rod was involved, right? So yeah, that's correct. Now, this is just uh, pretty it, – it's it's fitting. Of and Gerson Roslaus, just to make sure everybody knows, was a hire of Glenn Taylor, the previous uh, managing general partner of the team. So it's just like anything else. When a new owner comes in, they want their own people in, right? I guess. Well, why didn't they do that before the draft? Because they remember, they got the team before the draft. They got the team before free agency, and, and they chose to do nothing then. Great, great point. Maybe, uh, maybe they found out about something. It was the relationship. Right. And that was their excuse. Sometimes that happens in business where they're just waiting for you to mess up. And then, or they might know that's going on. They, they wait and then boom. Right. Again, looking at this, I, I can't speculate. I don't know what's going inside those windows and doors and at the target center, <laughs> but, uh, this is so typical of the Minnesota Timberwolves in in their entire what what is it now existence 30 33 year existence it's they had one of the best players of his era on the team and they they went to one western conference final and for for the longest time they they, they couldn't get out of the first round and you know, KG was loyal to a fault. You know, it's funny we talk about the word loyalty a lot of times. Loyalty is is very subjective. It's a subjective thing. You can look at it from from uh, Damian Lillard is sort of dealing with that right now. With do I stay loyal? Do I do what everyone else does and look bad, or do I stay strong? But then I'm, am I going to win anything if I do this? So you're kind of caught through that. And the the Minnesota Timberwolves is basically – it basically encompasses all that stuff where you lose – it seems like you lose no matter what you do. <laughs> and Carl Anthony Towns tweets – and this is the thing that cracks me up about the, today's person. You know, it, it's obvious they're not talking to him about what's going on with the organization, and he's supposedly the franchise player. 
The fact that he says WTF in a tweet after he finds out about Rosas's firing only tells you that there's no connection with anybody over there. I don't know what the heck they're going to do. D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, this is supposed to be your two all-stars, right? Minnesota, I, I feel bad for the fans. Uh, they have a very good following there. That whole nor- uh, Midwest area, because of weather, because of lifestyle, because of culture, you know, these guys will support you. You know, this isn't Miami. This isn't, you know, Southern California and San Diego where, you know, half the people would show up to games. People would actually go to these games if you just put some kind of a product there that that, that was more consistent. But I, I you, you might like this idea, and again, the idea is out there, but I, I was thinking whomever was going to buy this team was eventually going to move it to Vegas. Because I think geographically it's better. And there's a lot of teams in the Midwest. You got Milwaukee, you got Chicago. You, get, you got enough Cleveland. You got enough of those teams over there. If Minnesota. Now they're not going to move it. Now they can't move no. it because of what was done. Now, now Las Vegas, well, first Seattle. And, but I think if they bring in two in expansion, and I talked about this last week, Seattle's number one, Las Vegas number two. I mean, we're seeing success now with the Golden Knights selling out every game here at the T-Mobile Arena. I mean, here at the uh, football stadium, right now it's only two games in. Okay, so let's put things in perspective. But the Raiders are selling quite a bit here. They're, it's almost a full-packed house, 60,000 fans. So now's the time to go ahead for the NBA, who comes here for everything else, finally to go ahead and shake the past of that tragic all-star game which we know from from the 90s and what happened there and what happened when but finally move on from that and give this team a franchise i know that would be great but again seattle's number one and deservedly so because we all know what happened there but yeah i think that's what's ultimately what's going to happen then you're going to see maybe maybe you'll see down the road mexico city london and you know the going international because i know that's what adam silver and the rest of the nba want is to truly go international and I think that's what would do it. But that's that's way down the road. Yeah, the Seattle, I, I've always thought they're they're gonna get an expansion team no matter what. They're gonna get they're gonna get the Supersonics back and then the Oklahoma Thunder would become their own. Wouldn't it be cool if K, if uh, KD in his last and final year went back to Seattle? A, again, uh with the whole Seattle debacle, you know, this goes back to whole how how David Stern handled that whole situation and of course. I, I, I don't talk a lot about that because I'm, I'm selfish. I'm a Laker fan. I only talk about Laker things. But that was another bad situation under the David Stern era. And the fact that Seattle, the Seattle Supersonics, especially with its history and, and, and like, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you lie? You know, at least, you know, you, are you really going to do the art model thing? You know, are you going to really lie? Well, wow, just tell the truth. Look, guys. You guys aren't providing the stadium we need, and we can't afford to do it this way. We're gonna we're gonna go to Oklahoma City. And at least the Raiders, they just say, you know what? We're taking the money and moving to L.A. We're taking the money and moving back to Oakland. We're taking the oh. money and moving to Las Vegas. Well, the thing with yeah, the thing with Oakland is they're broke. They're broke. I mean, broke. There is no hiding. It's common sense. Can you guys build us a stadium? We're an NFL football team. We're one of the most branded. 
sports entities on the planet. We're the Raiders. The Raiders is, is a it, it, that logo is is known everywhere. We can you guys build? Can you help us out here? No, we can't. I'm sorry, we don't have any money. Okay, well we're going to Vegas. Instead of all this conniving, oh, don't worry, we're going to do this. No, no, no. See, and that's a lot of the problems we have in this country is because of things like that. You know, adults, people get over things. You know, you're going to have to get over it. It's life. But lying about it doesn't help. And the stuff with the Timberwolves seems like there's a lot of that going on there. And I mean, they did it so fast. I mean, they didn't even tell Carl Anthony Towns. He was on Twitter going, you know, just WTF. Uh, he didn't know what was going on. None of the players knew this in, in advance. This is something that came out of left field. And, in fact, at the beginning of this day that we're recording, Ger, uh, Gerson Rosas was actually at the, the facility. He was, you know, looking at players, you know, as far as invitees to camp. He was still doing his job. He was just pulled over and was fired pretty much on the spot. And uh, this has got, I mean, this is, uh, this is ugly, but people are going to forget about it because it just concerns the GM. It, it's not like the, the Ben Simmons debacle. And that's another show altogether. We're seeing still how that plays out. I mean, cause that's, that's another layer of ugliness, but I wanted to go ahead before we mention all the LakersBall.com stuff that's been going around, including some very interesting top 10 all-time Lakers that are, I've got to go ahead and share with the public out there. You know, you, you've been, like I said, you've been watching and listening to some shows out there Sirius XM, Bill Simmons, and all that things that you're hearing on the radio in regards to the Lakers. So I wanted to hear your thoughts on exactly what these things are and and what what makes you feel like you really want to go ahead and and share your thoughts on it. One of the things I've liked the last few months, some of some of the topics that people have been talking about, because they've been talking about this, who's the greatest of all time at nauseum to the point where I'm just sitting there going, who cares? I don't care. Okay. You can't compare eras. It's impossible. Even as, even though basketball is a little easier to do that because of you know the the, the valuable, the the players a little bit more valuable on a, when on a five man team versus let's say eleven on one side or a base twenty five on in baseball. It, it, it's it's nice because th- there's something that intrigues. It, it's always intriguing to think what if, and the Bill Simmons. Podcast. He had a what if, what if the uh, the Chris Paul trade had gone through? What in if honor, in honor of the Marvel Disney series that's taking place? Right <laughs> what if Len Bias was still here? What if Reggie Lewis was still here? You know, and it's 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 really it's fun talk. It's almost like going back to your lottery thing. What if I won the lottery? What if I won eight hundred million? What are we gonna do? Well, it's very likely, you know, one of the few, first few things we're going to be doing is we're going to be getting a nice little set, and we're going to take, we're going to be marking the heck out of fast break and turning it into a phenomenon, right? So yes. fun to talk about that stuff. It's fun, even though it's a little tragic. Most the most recent one with the Chris Paul thing, but then you look back at you know stuff in history, you know the, and, and those are legitimate things. I, I don't like saying what if the Portland Trailblazers had drafted Michael Jordan. That's a dumb what if, because you have to look at the time. You have to look at the time. Looking at the time and understanding what was going on at that time. The Kobe Bryant thing is a really good one, because you'll hear about the what if the Charlotte Hornets had kept Kobe Bryant. I go, that's the wrong, that's the wrong what if. They, they wouldn't have drafted him 
unless they were getting the the trade done with with the Lakers to get Vladi Divac. The the what if there and NBA TV had a segment on this was what if Calipari who wanted Kobe had drafted Kobe to the New Jersey Nets. What would have happened in New Jersey? I think the Nets would still be in Jersey and they'd have a stadium in New Jersey and Kobe would have probably had three, four, five, six titles up in the Raptors. And he would have been a god in New York. He he would have made the Nets more popular than the Knicks. Is that possible? Or am I just... We're going to probably put it to the test this season. So you see how how this is? You see how, you know... How 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 fun it is to to think what what would have happened and there was word there was some BS for years that Kobe was threatening to go to Duke because that's that's where he would have gone had he gone to college right or maybe he would have even played in New York but later we finally had footage where he said oh I would have played anywhere I wouldn't care and I'm like uh, he went to the Clippers what if he would have actually went over to the Clippers like he was oh boy that was that was a, that was scary because he did verbally say. To Elgin Baylor, he was coming. Jerry West, and the only reason why we know this now is because after Kobe had passed away, they were, you know, Jerry was crying and talking to the uh, NBA, uh, TNT NBA crew about what was going on at that time and how he convinced Kobe Bryant to not play for that owner. That was what he told him. He said, You cannot play for that owner. So that changed my, you know, I, that, I haven't even got delved into the, the Clipper thing. My brain doesn't register that. But, maybe <laughs> it. but these are, in my opinion, fun topics. It's There's so many scenarios we can talk about, and it's not some deadpan, unoriginal crap like who's better, or is it more important to – what if you lose in the finals versus someone who doesn't lose? I'm like, okay, look. We've talked about this already. It's done. Like, how much more of the same stuff are you going to talk about? Let's talk about new stuff. Let's talk about stuff that that really like is fun to really kind of get delve into to see what you think might have happened. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. I'll tell you what, you think of a what if. And I'll think of a what if, and we'll go from there and talk about that. How about that? Okay, okay. So who who, do you, who wants to go first? You want to go first? I'm ready with one. Go ahead, go ahead. What if we never made the Pau Gasol trade? Wow. I never thought about that one. <laughs> the Pau Gasol trade was in my – like that was at the, the 
apex of fandom. Even though I was a huge fan in the 90s, I remember Shaq coming. I remember, you know, Kobe Bryant being traded here. But this was like Kobe was on his third season without, you know, making it out of the first round. The first season was not even a playoff berth. And it was one of those things where, man, this thing is, he's already demanded to go to Pluto at the time. He wanted to go to Chicago and the Laker fans at that time, man, we were talking about Lou L. Dang. And if they don't have Lou L. Dang in the, in the trade, we're not going to do it. I'm like sitting there going, man, when I think about it now, I'm going, wow, I can't believe we were having that discussion. If Paul Gasol does not get traded to the Lakers, I don't, I, I don't think Kobe wins two more titles. I agree with you on that because Andrew Bynum, he had already suffered injuries by that time. He was no longer the center with such great potential. He was just there as another seven-foot big body who could rebound and do a little bit inside the paint. But he certainly wasn't at the level that he could have been. I mean, if there's another what if. What if Andrew Bynum had never suffered those two knee injuries? He would have been, I think, one of those historic players that the Lakers would have been really happy about for a long time. But that's another what if to say, well, I, yeah, I, I, agree, I agree with you. They would not, would not have won those two titles without. It's, 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 it, it, but then it, it, it could have, it could have avalanched into something else that the Bynum thing was in terms of his injury had Bynum not gotten, you know, if Lamar hadn't fell on him that what year. Was it Kobe? I thought it was Kobe that fell on him. No, Kobe fell on him the following year. <laughs> <laughs> In Memphis, by the way, both were in Memphis. So Lamar fell on him, and 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 he basically was irrelevant the rest of the rest of the year, pretty much out for the year. Yeah. Had he stayed healthy, uh, it would have been a little easier to play against Kendrick Perkins, KG, Leon Poe in that front with Bynum taking 15, 20 minutes into that finals, and Gasol isn't getting beat up the whole time. Maybe we end up winning that 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 title. I think not. I think a healthy Bynum uh, in in that finals. I think the Lakers three p. Uh, they win that first one and they three p. With LeBron, this is an interesting question. So, let's say the trade doesn't happen. Does Kobe stay after 08? That is the real question. What do you do? Where do you trade him at that point? Where do you trade him in the summer of 08? Does LeBron come to L.A. in 2010 if Kobe sticks it out? Who knows? You know, it's going it, it, to that, – that one is a very tough one. That one's a very tough one. It's probably why I didn't think about it. It's a little easier to say what if, you know, for – if Kobe stays in New Jersey because there's a whole – like you can create your own world with that. But with Gasol not coming to L.A. in February – I still remember the date, February 1 of 2008, what happens? Does Mitch get fired in the end of the year? Does Rob Palenka come after that? Who knows? That is so many, that can go so many ways. We could talk about that for a week. So, but the easiest answer to that is if 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 they don't trade for Pau Gasol that year, it's likely they don't get anybody else that could take them to the finals. Maybe Kobe's not a Laker after the summer of 08. And then at that point, it, it, Kobe doesn't win the two titles in LA. Maybe he wins it somewhere else. Yeah. Who knows? That's a that's a that's a that's a scary that is a scary thought. And Mitch Kupchak has a spot because of that trade. And 
Had David Stern not vetoed that Chris Paul trade, I think Mitch would still be the GM right now because he probably would have had another couple titles and the Lakers wouldn't have hit a, a decade-long drought that put us in this position. So, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's such a domino effect. It's crazy how, how one little thing can change things. Look at, look at Ori's shot, you know, in 2 What happens to that team? You know, is sports, life, it's a very interesting thing, especially sports. One pitch, one shot changes one interception when you should have freaking ran can change an entire not I don't even know if the word legacy is enough, an entire life. You change entire life. Marshawn Lynch, two yards away, was it, it's it, he was destroying the Patriots in the second half in that Super Bowl. Just give him the ball. Had they done that, he scores. Belichick and Brady will have lost the last three Super Bowls that were in. Does Brady stay in New England after that? Does he get traded during this that that that, that offseason? Does Belichick is he still coach? I mean, it's crazy. And then you go into all these other scenarios. Especially in basketball, because there's usually usually a little more movement in basketball. Man, it's there's a lot of material in this business, man. We could sit here and we could dedicate a show to one scenario and just talk about it and see which tangent we could put a whiteboard on and just cluster it, see what's going on, and go, wow, what if they did this? What if he turned into this? What if he didn't mess up his leg? What if he did this? I mean, it's it, that's the fun part about this. So, if you got one, what if? What would that be? What if Charles Barkley had been traded to the Lakers in 91? I think that would have been the difference. I still think there was still enough left in the tank. I know that I understand that the the series was four games to one, but I think that could have been the difference. So, so I had forgotten about that one. There was a lot of talk around that time, even as a, as a, as a 12, 13-year-old, I remember hearing stuff, even though there wasn't Twitter. Or, you know, our, our, we were relying on Sports Center at the time, which was, by the way, Sports Center in the 90s was amazing. We can have a show on that, too. And my, my schedule during my adolescence was football practice, Sports Center, sleep, school, football practice, Sports Center. That was my routine for, for my sophomore year in high school. It was a, a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful show during the, the 90s. But in 91, there was talk of Hakeem coming too. Charles Bar- the Charles Barkley deal, the reason why that's more of a what if is word was the deal was done. And I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know why they said no. I don't know why it went the other way. There's not a lot of information on it. I think we'd have to look into it. But I'm thinking to myself, if... If Charles Barkley is on that 91 team, do they beat the Bulls in the finals? Hmm. I think it goes seven. The problem with that finals, too, is Byron Scott and Worthy were injured in that series. And the Lakers were pretty darn competitive the first three games. They, I mean, in game two, they, they, they got, I guess, I, I could, you know, it was expected the Bulls were going to win game two after they lost uh, game one on the Sam Perkins three. But game two, you know, Jordan hit a shot to tie the game, went an OT and won. If you have Charles Barkley in that game uh, with Vladi playing as well as he was, uh, you win game three, then 
the Bulls start to worry about whether they're going to be able to get back to Chicago. Oof, that's a, that, that, that's an interesting one. And I think Magic maybe doesn't retire after the whole HIV thing. I mean, he retires, but maybe he comes back knowing he has a shot at continuing, you know, the winning. Um, I think even though Carl Malone and, those, and some people were like, eh, I don't know if I want to play against someone who's got that at the time that they didn't know that, that, that you know, that it wouldn't have affected anybody. But I think he would have been like, no, no, I got to, you know, I got to break through here. Okay. We, we got to, we got to educate everybody, understand that you're not going to get sick. And we have a championship team here. We can, we can, we can continue to play against the Bulls and, and, and Jordan. I have an interesting what if that's really weird. What if you took Kobe and put him in replacement of John Starks on that Knicks team in the 90s? Oh, my gosh. Seeing He would have been had a share of ejections because you know he would have gotten angry at quite a few people. So, and there would have been some fisticuffs. But, yeah, that, that definitely would have put things in perspective and obviously given the Knicks a better chance to win. So you would have had the, the 90s version of the, of, the, of the Celtics and Lakers with the Bulls and Knicks. And, and Jordan likely has maybe four rings at that point. That one I had to talk with my buddy because I was thinking about it. You know, with, with the, I, I, was in, I was in Madison Square Garden in Kobe's last game there. Um, this was before he announced his retirement. Uh, it's likely I wouldn't have been able to get in there if, if, if he had said it before. I just happened to be at a film festival at the time in New York when saw him play against the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn, Brooklyn uh, Arena is very beautiful, by the way. And then uh, the following day, they were doing a back-to-back with the Knicks, and I was able to scalp some tickets. I think it was maybe five minutes into the game, and I was able to watch watch uh, Kobe play his last game in Madison Square Garden. Madison Square Garden, I mean, they 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 respect great basketball. If Kobe is in New York in the 90s playing against the Bulls and Jordan, uh, it, it would have... It would have been a Magic Bird thing. It would have been a Wilt, uh, Bill Russell thing, but I think even better. And Jordan would have had a couple less titles in that run as well. And who knows how else things would have developed during that that decade as well. So uh, I love this. I love thinking about this kind of stuff. It's fun. It's fun. It's original. Uh, There's so many ideas that could come out. You have so many thoughts that you could, you know, that you can originate and it just becomes good talk. It becomes entertaining talk, at least for me, instead of talking about the same old stuff. Well, you know, what happened here with, you know, this guy, he choked, he did this, he did that. And I'm like, man, they have bad games sometimes. I mean, the Dodgers got smoked today, right? You could tell three, four innings in, you could tell the Rockies were locked in. You, you know, if you watch enough sports, like I do, you, you, you know, when someone has it, when someone does it. Sometimes it's not your fault. Yeah, we have Walker Bueller out there, but they're literally hitting everything. It doesn't matter who the heck is pitching. And in basketball, you know, football doesn't matter. It's the same thing. So let's try to make this what it's supposed to be, fun. Let's talk sports. Let's talk your knowledge. The, the what-ifs is also a really good test on how much knowledge do you have? Do you have good memory of what you've watched? Do you really watch the games? Do you pay attention to the plays? Because I have had discussions with fans of teams 
I remember this one in particular, and I actually felt bad when I was doing this, but once I'm on a roll, it just goes. He was a Chicago Bull fan. It was at the Cheesecake Factory. And very nice guy. He wasn't, you know, a jerk or anything. I don't, you know, we don't run into that very often. But he was clueless on everything. You know, he's saying, oh, Jordan has seven scoring titles. And I'm sitting there going, he has ten. Uh, Jordan, uh, Lake, uh, the Bulls have uh, five championships. I'm like, they have six. Who was their coach before uh, Phil Jackson, Doug Collins? And it was, there was no knowledge behind his fandom. I'm like, you got you got to come with something here, you know? And that's, that's something that happens uh, on occasion with the fan, the fan of a team. A lot of times I'll run into Dallas Cowboy fans and I know more about the Dallas Cowboy fan history than they do. I know who their MVPs were during their Super Bowl runs. I know every MVP and every winner of the Super Bowl anyways. So, but so again, it, it's, it's one of those things where it, it, it becomes good discussion. And I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a Swami, but for some reason I retain that information like Rain Man. So it's easy for me to talk more about the what ifs from the past because I knew those eras very well. Last 30 years of basketball, I know like, like I know my cell phone, like I know my family. It's just one of those things where it just sticks in here. It just sticks and it doesn't go away. So it, it makes for good, for good discussion. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Before we head on out, it is again Joe Soro from LakersBall.com. Be part of the great conversations that they have on every one of their awesome threads at LakersBall.com. One of the threads that I wanted to go ahead into was something that we touched upon already with yours and my thoughts already on the top 10 all-time Lakers. But I asked the LakersBall.com crew to go ahead and share their thoughts on their top 10 all-time Lakers. And... <laughs> sometimes you know when you ask for something you get it and sometimes you don't always get what you expect and with your lakersball.com crew my friend there i definitely got some things i expected and some things that well i, I didn't but i wanted to go ahead and mention them on the air and first off I want to thank them for taking the time to putting down any list of 10 but I know you've already had a chance to check all these out, but I wanted to go ahead and share this with you again, Joe. Karacha, uh, his set is Kobe, Shaq, Magic, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, LeBron, West, Wilt, Elgin, Mikan, and for the last spot, he was thinking Goodrich, Worthy, or if he wanted to vote for a coach instead, Phil Jackson. That's a great list right there for you. It looks like he was taking his time to go ahead and try and figure out exactly what he wanted to do there. So he was taking it seriously. Time, who's an administrator there, his top 10 is Kobe, Magic, Kareem, Jerry West, Mike and Shaq, Elgin, LeBron, Wilt, and Worthy or Powell or AD. I mean, you can't go wrong with a list like that. And then he goes into even greater detail into top 10 role players, which I really like. I know something that you touched on and also the Lakerholics touched on as far as role players are concerned. So you got to give them some love. Big Shot Rob, Michael Cooper, 
Fish, Lamar Odom, Michael Thompson, Jamal Wilkes, Bob McAdoo, AC Green, Kurt Rambis, and of course, Metal World Peace. Because what is any top 10 role players for the Lakers without Metal World Peace? And then coming up to Chick the Goat. <laughs> uh, he didn't take it quite so seriously. His top 10 was Swish Parker, Kwame Brown, <laughs> Mark Madsen, Adam Morrison, Antonio Harvey, who was one of my favorites when he was on the team, Travis Knight, DJ Benga, Sam Bowie, the older, already had a few injuries, Sam Bowie, Brian Cook, and of course, the ultimate in Lakers bench warmers, Chuck Nevitt, where I don't know if you remember the old days during the 80s where it got to the point where those teams that won the world championships they were ahead in games by 30 and 40. And you can even hear on the transistor radio that I had or whether I was there for, for the games at the forum or whatnot, where you would hear Nevitt, Nevitt, the entire forum crowd chanting for Nevitt. And he would come in the game when they're up by 30 or 40. And you could just see that seven foot five guy just and doing anything. The, the crowd was cheering for him all the way. So I guess uh, Chick the Goat had it there on his all time favorite Lakers per se. Uh, but still, uh, you know, it's just a, another interesting list there. I mean, just some great lists that are out there. I know John 316 is a moderator there. His his list was Kobe, Kareem, Magic West, Baylor, Shaq, Braun, Gasol, Worthy, and Wilt. You can't go wrong with that. So definitely some great, great lists right there for you. Uh, just again, a chick's list was just funny. But uh, IE Lakers also want to put his in. Mike and Elgin, Jerry, Wilt, Kareem, Magic, Big Game, James, Shaq, Kobe, and LeBron. And to complete the bench, Gail Goodrich, Michael Cooper, Big Shot Bob, Powell, and AD. Again, that's a great list as well. And then, <laughs> here's another one for you, man. For the all-time obscure Lakers. Okay, this one's going to be funny. 432J as a Lakers starter right there on the site, LakersBall.com. LaRon Prophet, Troy Murphy, Mike Buscala, Chris Mim, Soon Yui, Kendall Marshall, Chris Duhon, Darius Morris, Chris Kamen. Remember, in that game, they were shorthanded. He was lying on the bench because he was only the bench in that game a long, long time ago. In fact, there's still memes about that. And Ryan Kelly. So that's a interesting list like there. I think... He had to go ahead and put some a lot of time into that. But, yes, some great lists right there. G.C. Clacker, his list was Johnson, Bryant, Abdul-Jabbar, Worthy, Baylor, West, O'Neal, Chamberlain, Mikan, and Wilkes, with honorable mentions of Cooper, Goodrich, Pau Gasol, Odom, and Ori, and too early to include James and Davis. I included them on my list. I'm just saying because, you know, they've already won a title. But, yes, some great lists right there. What are your thoughts, my friend, before we head on out? The top 10 is too easy for, for Laker fans. You could, you could say 10 easy. And, and this no, really, the, the, the hard part is fitting them in the 10. Yeah. You, but again, it's going to leave someone that's great. Yeah, you're, gonna leave, it, it, you, you're not, you're less likely to be wrong with the top 10. The real challenge is the top five, the top five. I got to a point where I just said it might be just easier to pick the top five as only Lakers, then it gives it a little bit more. And again, it leaves a lot of important guys out. 
but it doesn't matter. You got George Mikan, who was the number one player of his era, and then you got James Worthy. Then you got Kobe Bryant. Then you got Magic Johnson. And, I mean, I know Kareem is better than Mikan. Shaq and Kareem are almost, to me, even. How do you do it? How do you, I don't know. I don't I'm just trying to figure another way to make it make sense. I don't know how else to do it. Fisher, he had games that allowed us to win titles. Ori, same thing. Michael Cooper, Defensive Player of the Year, 1987, guarding Larry Bird. Michael Cooper is a, a lifetime Laker, never played with anybody else. And how do you not put him in the top five, being an all-time Laker? I mean, there's so many guys. How do you do it? Gail Goodrich, I don't even think half the Laker fans nowadays even know who that is. They wouldn't know who it is if, if his number 25 wasn't up in the Raptors. Uh, again, it's, it's, it's crazy. And he only, I think he only played five years with the Lakers. Most of his career was with the Utah Jazz. A lot of the, the cred there with Goodrich was he's also from, you know, a Bruin. So it, it's, it's impossible. It really is. Go, again, go back to what I was saying. For me, Mike and... Worthy, West, Kobe, Magic. All five were only Lakers. That makes sense to me. And then after that, Shaq, Kareem, soon to be LeBron, soon to be AD. And then you're going to leave, you know, God knows how many people out. You know, it's just, it's an impossible list. It's an impossible list. There's a hundred ways you can make it. But to separate it from what everyone else is doing, I think my list would stay with the first five being only Lakers because they have that many great players to where you could actually do that. And it would at least make sense. It would be respectable because you want to still honor the the guys in the 50s, 60s, 70s. I think a lot of times, you know, the complaint is that there was only eight, nine teams at the time, but they, they don't have control over that. You know, I think you should, you know, those guys helped Bill Russell and Sam Jones and Havlicek and, Wilt and Bob Cousy, those guys helped build the league. You know, you, you got to include them in the, the, the ascension of what the NBA eventually turned into. Yeah. So, again, I, I, I have to do that. I have to do that maybe to be different, but it also makes sense. So my top five is Mikan, Wes, Worthy, Kobe, Magic. All five are only Lakers. Boom. Then... Magic, Kareem, LeBron will end up being that guy one day, and AD will be end up being that guy one day, and then you can pick whoever you want at number ten. I mean, it's a Michael Cooper, whoever it doesn't really matter. And then you're going to leave about another ten off the list. <laughs> Hall of Famers too. Well, it'll be interesting to see if anybody else wants to go ahead and provide us with their top ten all-time Lakers list. I know I've got some individuals from the Lakerholics, and I will mention that on the Lakerholics show coming up next week, but. I will go ahead and say, if you got a top 10 list of your own, give us a shout out at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter, Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com, Joe Sorrel 5 on Twitter. So you can go ahead and give him a shout out on that as well. And of course, before we end on out, my friend, what's going on at LakersBall.com? Right now, it's kind of the dead time. I'm noticing when I go on, it's not as many comments. So the calm before the storm, and then as soon as training camp starts, and of course, as soon as the season starts, 
what I mean by season starts the preseason. Now we're going to get into the game time uh, thread, which is, again, my favorite part of the site. We get a banter nonstop for two, two and a half hours. And basically it's a revolving thing of this, you know, even in a preseason game, you'll, you'll, you'll read it where, ah, this guy is going to stink and this guy's going to this, and this is this. I'm like, it's, and then even the regular season after 10 games, you start, you know, Laker fans are, are almost all the same. They get paranoid if they lose. And one, one possession, they're commenting about how this guy stinks. My favorite part of the season is going to be Rondo. Rondo being regular season Rondo at least 10, 15 times during the year and having all of my constituents bury him and want him to be shipped off to another galaxy. That is some of the pure comedy of, of being involved with the Laker fan and, and seeing how, I mean, you want to talk about what have you done for me lately? I mean, there's a whole new word when it comes to Laker fans. It's what have you done literally a second ago for me? Well, with Lakers fans, again, it's going to be something that there always are who they say they are. And they're always out there, whether it's on Twitter Lakerholics, whether it's on Facebook, Lakerholics, you can follow us there, Lakers Fast Break, very vocal there as well. We truly appreciate that. But also, of course, at LakersBall.com, a great place to go for some great conversations, great threads, great topics that they always talk about. So please go ahead and check out Fox1947 and the rest of the crew today at LakersBall.com. Any last thoughts, my friend, before we head on out? I'm ready for the season to start right now, but in the meantime, we'll have some more dialogue in the next few weeks. Uh, hopefully, we'll get some more information on the Vegas Kumbaya, if you will. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the mass singer, the latest mass singer, Mr. Dwight Howard, is going to be there. I mean, I don't know if that was taped, how far in you know in advance that was taped, but yes, uh, the mass singer was unveiled after singing Tutti Frutti was... Dwight Howard. Your thoughts before we head on out? I don't watch the show, but being a Laker fan, you if there's a Laker on there, you'd find out what's going on. I am not surprised in the least that he would do a show like that. And of course, him singing Little Richard's Tutti Frutti was fitting of Dwight Howard's comedic... (laughs) Well, he did it for mom, he said. So he did it for mom, all the right reasons. Good for him. Good for him. Again, uh, he's he's got he's got the, the the comedic thing in his blood. He 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 loves enjoying his life. One of the few things that I I did admire about Dwight Howard, even in his first stint, he would say things like, "You know, I'm blessed to be here." I'm the, and that, that's a good way to look at things. And, and, and when you're healthy and you're 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 you've got good fortune, you know, you're taken care of in your life financially and spiritually and all that stuff. You know, those are some of the things that I did admire about him appreciating that. Cause I think we lose focus on that a lot, but as he's matured since then, he's also gotten the, he knows when to turn on the, the business side and his ego his whatever is not an issue. He's, he's locked into what he knows he can do. Laker fans were upset that he 
was not signed last year. And it looked like at the speed of when they re-signed him again this summer, it looked like Rob Polinka thought the same thing. So Laker fans are pretty knowledgeable. You know, even though we're a little crazy, we know our basketball. And I think we did lose a little bit of that energy. And again, that locker room thing, man, that is a, you know, it's important. You know, it's very important. And I think him not being in that locker room and Rondo not being that guy that, that kind of just, he's got that, that attitude of like, yeah, we're supposed to do this, you know, after the AD shot. The, the only thing I really look at in that shot is, is Rondo. Rondo makes the perfect pass. AD shoots it, makes it. And Rondo's just like, like I knew it was going to happen. That is a great thing to have to balance all the craziness in an NBA season. And when you get into the playoffs, when the pressure is really tight, having somebody that can make you laugh or someone who's just like, what? That's what we're supposed to do. It balances everything out. It calms you down. We were missing that in 2021. We were worried about this guy. Is he going to sign after turning down $84 million? We're worried about Mark Gasol, who... I'm sorry, Mark, but is the word washed up a little harsh? Yeah, but he was. Why is he complaining? He did, and it put a rift in things, and it made things worse, even though it wasn't the reason why we went down. But it, it didn't help. It didn't help that he had a guy that wasn't really dedicated to the team, was thinking about himself, and then he had another guy who was upset, which, you know, I get it. He wanted to play, but it, it didn't help the situation. Now we fast forward. We bring back two huge pillars of the, of the 2020 title team. And then we add some youth and some veteran leadership on top of that, who want to win, who have something to prove in Carmelo and guys like Russell Westbrook. And let's give it a shot. And again, I said this before, if we don't win a title this year, it'll be sad, but man, are the Lakers trying, man, did they pull every, rabbit out of their hat to get this thing the way it is. We have to appreciate that, and we have to give Jeannie, Rob, and LeBron and AD and that whole crew at least some kind of like, guys, good job trying to make this work. If it works, fantastic. If it doesn't, heck, man, you really, really went out of you guys' way to get this thing done. You know, LeBron getting the, this is the part I do love about LeBron. He does this very well, which is, Guys, let's go to Vegas and let's let's build some stuff, you know. And his game also re- reflects that. Westbrook and, and LeBron, I'm like, there's one player other than Magic Johnson, one player other than Magic Johnson that I would never worry about. It doesn't matter if he's the shooting guard, uh, center, uh, whatever. Those guys know how to work with any talent at any position because they've already proved they can you know, Magic won two titles with Norm Nixon, who was a point guard. But finally, Norm's like, dude, I want to handle the ball. They're like, sorry, bro, we got Magic. I'm going to send you the Clippers. We're going to get a shooting guard. Okay? Magic, LeBron, that's one thing that you cannot deny. They don't. They can work with anyone. Doesn't matter what position, what it is, whatever it is, they've already proved that they can make it work. So, 
you know, again, let's let's get pumped. I got my Laker gear on. I'm already ready to go. I'm ready for for number 18. Oh man, what a celebration that's going to be. We're going to have to have our show somewhere else if we do end up getting number 18, Gerald. So we got to let's have it in Boston. (laughs) Okay, I'll tell you what. If we get lucky, if we get lucky, and they happen to play Boston. I promise you, I will stay in Boston for the two weeks and we'll do a show every day if we have to. Whatever whatever it costs, I don't care. I think that would be a blast. I think that would be so much fun. But I do, you know, again, we you are in Vegas. I mean, I could it's only a four and a half hour drive. We can we can get the background of the of the beautiful lights and glitz and glitz and glamour and all that. I, I that's the part of Vegas I do love. I love the the sporting events, I love the lights in Vegas. Some of the shows, those are the things I, I'm not really much of a gambler. I'm not really into too much of the adult stuff that's around there. That's probably the one reason why I don't go there as much, especially with me being a family man. And in, in general, even when I'm by myself, it's just not my cup of tea. But man, I love, again, I love the shows, love the lights, love the sports. Anytime I've gone there for, for any event, boxing or MMA, it's, it's been, it's been an absolute blast. And I do need to come, uh, see a Golden Knights game as well as uh, seeing a Raiders game. And soon enough, uh, I think eventually there's going to be an NBA team there and there's going to be a baseball team there because I think Vegas is going to soon be the esports capital of the world. And they've been really trying to be the new Hollywood of, of the world. And these sports teams coming in there now, I think, I think they have a shot at making it work. We'll see what's going to happen. But yes, Las Vegas is growing by leaps and bounds in regards to getting more sports teams. Baseball has also been talked about. You're right. Talking about building a new stadium. And yeah, I mean, that would be great for the city and also great for the West coast to get more teams involved. Seattle obviously comes first for the NBA, but you know what, my friend it has been great having a conversation with you. I look forward to our turn next week. Talking more great stuff. We'll be already in camp, so we'll start to see and hear some news on camp. Hopefully no injuries. That's all I'm worried about. So we'll see what happens, my friend. But any last thoughts on the way out? Well, again, we can next week we can start talking about what's going on. I'm looking for an 80, you know, finally a full season here for us to enjoy what an NBA season is supposed to be. We're going to be able to get everything back on time with the playoffs. I think that's going to be important as well. And uh, the pandemic from, again, what I've read is, is it's, it's starting to cluster in certain spots, which means it's the first sign that there might be a, again, the removal of the, the term and the pandemic probably by 2022. So I think by the end of this year, we're going to be out of the, the craziness of what we've been dealing with for the last year and a half plus, And we can start focusing on, Again, having better shows and having more information and more 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 material for our soon to be large audience. Uh, I want us to be the one of the pillars of the Laker information media so that and of course entertaining. This is what this is supposed to be. We're supposed to entertain. And there's no better team to to talk about when it comes to entertainment than the LA Lakers. We're showtime may not be the 80s showtime, the golden era, but we're still showtime. We got LeBron James. We got Anthony Davis. We got Russell Westbrook. Those guys are all Hollywood, 
all of them. And we're going to be the, the voice and the expression of that, the extended expression of who those guys are. A lot of people dislike LeBron. A lot of people dislike the LA Lakers. So that always brings more eyes to that. You know, I'm a Dodger Laker fan. Uh, I've met more people that dislike my team than not. And people usually don't like the teams that always win. And we're all winners. This is something you have to deal with. Well, we'll see indeed if there's going to be another winning season for the Lakers. And it all starts officially next week as training camp starts for the team. Catch our updates all the time that's going on here at Lakers Fast Break. Follow us, Lakers Fast Break, on Facebook, where we post everything that's going on there. At Lakers Fast Break on Twitter. Just want to go ahead and make sure everybody checks out the great shows of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Of course, I do for the, all those pop culture fans out there. We've been talking a lot about pop culture on today's show. Always catch my radio shows syndicated worldwide at the Pop Culture Cosmos, wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, our friends out there at LakersBall.com. Be part of the great conversation here today at LakersBall.com. Well, Joe, great to have you here. Looking forward to our conversation next week and where we can go from there. Looking forward to a great season. And, of course, training camp around the corner right here at the Lakers Passport Podcast.